You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears never really fire coaches before the end of the season. And I don't know that there's really a huge advantage from canning Matt Nagy now, while they still haven't been technically eliminated from the playoffs. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Locked On Bears is brought to you by Pepsi. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. On the show today, we're going through the different dynamics of the remaining job status for Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and team president Ted Phillips, who's receiving quite a bit of the blame from Bears fans who are looking for changes from top to bottom. We'll discuss Phillips' role within the organization and whether firing him could change the Bears' outlook moving forward. We'll discuss Matt Nagy's relationship with Phillips and ownership and why he is still feeling support from the people at the top of the organization. And we'll wrap up with looking at the timing of when the Bears should fire Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and whether it's better to do it now or just wait until the end of the regular season like usual. Matt Nagy has already said he's not thinking or worried about his job status. And of course, that's what you're going to say, regardless of what you actually are feeling or going through, that he's just trying to kind of focus on doing his job and keeping on with the next game and trying to get another win and trying to hold everything together and just, you know, focused on being a head coach and he can't spend all his time worried about whether or not he's going to get fired. He just has to kind of do his job as best as he possibly can. But it's all anyone else is talking about, and it feels inevitable at this point, which has to kind of create at least some kind of tension or wonder or some kind of dynamic between Nagy, Ryan Pace, and the team's ownership and management team when it comes to what the future is going to hold. Like, you kind of just pretend like everything is fine and that we'll see how these next four games go. I mean, he knows... He knows the business of the league and the reality of the situation. He's not oblivious to all of the struggles they've had now in back-to-back seasons and generally what that tends to mean for the coaches that are overseeing those types of collapses. But it did stand out to me a little bit that he said he still feels like he has the support of ownership and management. And I suppose... What else is he going to say? He's not going to come out and say, no, I think they threw me to the dogs and I'm just a lame duck coach here. But at least he provided a little bit of some color as to why he feels that way and who exactly he's feeling the support from. Throughout this whole last couple of years here, you've always been very clear to us that you and Ryan have a really strong line of communication and dialogue during a season. Does that communication also extend to George and ownership and and, and have you received any feedback from them as we've kind of gone through this these these uh, rough couple of months here? Yeah, no, we 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 have a 
we all have a really good communication. I think that's one of the things that I know Ryan and I really appreciate um, from George and Ted is, is uh, the communication process that we've used over the last three years. Uh, it, it's, it's very open. Um, there's a lot of listening on both sides. And then it's, it's a, there's a togetherness and understanding the whys. You know, I think um, for, for myself, just speaking for me, when I have those conversations um, with, with Ted and with George, I just appreciate them being able to understand from, from, you know, from my end and the things that, that we're going through and how we do it. And then for me to be able to listen from their end, what they see, because that, that's just so important to understand and hear that and, and then be able to, to work through the pros and the cons that you talk about. So that part, I, I couldn't ask any more for. And, and, you know, I just appreciate that. Matt, you said you haven't spoken with management, but do you feel like you still have their support right now? Yeah, I do. And I, and I think that, uh, um, again, just knowing the, the type of, of team and, and players and person that, that I am and that we are and the, 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 the building that we have with Ryan and with our, our players, you know, uh, we totally understand where things are at and, and the frustration on understanding it. But I think that's where just communicating as to where we're at, what we have in front of us and, and how we need to finish. Uh, that, that's the only thing that we can do. And that's, uh, that's exactly um, what our job is to do. And, and that's, that's why, that's, that's why we're here right now is to do that. So we need to do it. It's sort of the same things Matt Nagy has been talking about throughout the losing streak, as far as what they need to do, what their goals are and what the problems are that they're trying to solve and the inability to solve those problems. And the fact that they haven't been able to do those things is sort of the reason why everyone is assuming he's going to be fired, right? I mean, when he keeps kind of saying the same things over and over again and they don't get fixed from week to week, it really puts the writing on the wall for him and kind of makes it clear of what the future is going to hold for this Bears regime. But it is interesting that he mentioned Ted Phillips and George McCaskey in there specifically in terms of the people at the top that he has communication with and it raises some questions about the exact dynamic of this ownership group and whether or not maybe there is some merit to moving on from the Bears team president who clearly has some authority involved in these football decisions. We'll dig a little deeper into what Ted Phillips actually does and whether firing him would make any difference for this team next on Locked on Bears. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. And in this strange coronavirus NFL season, Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Every time the Chicago Bears are bad and the fan base is ready to fire the coach and or general manager, the discussion always comes up about team president and CEO Ted Phillips. And I think for every coach or GM change, at least since Lovey Smith, the fire Ted Phillips train has 
gotten going a little bit, but it never has had quite as much steam as it feels like it does right now. And I completely understand wanting an outlet for the frustration, feeling like the team keeps trying over and over again with different coach and general manager combinations, and none of them have worked, and the man who's been above them through all of it, not only the McCaskey family ownership, but you can't really fire owners, it's Ted Phillips is the guy they have hired to be, by definition, in charge of essentially every aspect of the organization. I mean, he is president and CEO. That includes pretty much the entire operation underneath him. And the only people above Ted Phillips are ownership. It's George McCaskey as chairman of the board, and of course, Virginia and the whole lineage of the ownership family. But what interests me about Phillips and this discussion is that I don't feel like we have a very great idea of what exactly he even does as president and CEO. We know he's in the top leadership role, and so then to some extent everything comes back to him and the buck stops with him. And under his leadership, the last, I guess, almost decade of Chicago Bears football has not been good enough and has been far from good enough. But where I struggle with this a little bit is wondering just what difference does Ted Phillips make? What does firing Ted Phillips accomplish for this team that would be better off not having him involved in the organization? Because he's not a man that, by any credible reporting that we've seen, is meddling in a lot of football decisions. He's not breathing over Ryan Pace's shoulder and saying, sign this guy, don't sign that guy. Can we say for sure that he has had zero influence on any football decision? Maybe not. But is Ted Phillips the reason why the Bears have drafted the wrong quarterbacks, signed the wrong quarterbacks, made free agent blunders here and there, have had injury issues, and have had general poor evaluation? I mean, not directly. But what Ted Phillips, his influence on football operations of this team has been hiring the general manager, and I'm assuming he's involved in picking the next head coaches as well, although all of those being collaborative decisions with George McCaskey. And then in the case of the Ryan Pace GM search, they brought in Ernie Accorsi to consult and help them in that search to identify a general manager. And so if you want to fire Ted Phillips under the premise that, well, he can't pick a GM, I think that's valid. But if you want to replace him with more of a football guy, isn't that essentially kind of what they tried to do with Ernie Accorsi? I mean, he was. they brought in a football guy. They kind of said, you know what? George and Ted need some help picking a general manager. Let's get somebody who has done this for a long time and has a lot of great connections in the league and be involved in that search process. Because for me, for a team president and CEO, I generally want them to be hands-off with the football operation. That yes, they are tasked with hiring a general manager, but once you have a GM, let the GM do his thing. And I guess that GM's results ultimately reflect on your ability as a team president to hire said general manager and to identify that talent. And so to that extent, Ted Phillips has failed, although 
We haven't seen him hire very many general managers because the Bears haven't made a ton of general manager changes over the years. So to some extent, it's been a little bit of a small sample size in that regard. But to his credit, and this is not a defend Ted Phillips in all ways, shape, or form podcast, but to his credit, as we try and understand a little bit more of what he does, I mean, he's been instrumental in the team re-renovating Hallis Hall and keeping sort of -of state-of-the-art football operations space. Their training facility is brand new and beautiful. The team remains profitable. They've done a very good job on the business side of the franchise by all measurements that we can possibly see. And for me, that seems like that's the bigger and biggest and perhaps most important part of Ted Phillips' role as president and CEO. You know, he restructured some of that side, the business side of the front office in terms of, you know, the marketing and communications and financial side of the whole organization. And seems like he's really effective in that part of the job. And so I understand why the team likes him in that role and wants to keep him around. And I just keep coming back to that hiring the general manager issue. And so long as George McCaskey is going to be one of the primary decision makers in that, because again, you can't just fire the owner how much of a difference does it make if Ted Phillips is also in that discussion if they're still going to search for outside football people to help make those decisions? Again, I, I don't think Ted Phillips has done a good job of picking general managers, and the, the team needs to do a better job of doing so. But for me, it feels like there's this idea that firing Ted Phillips is going to fix all of the Bears' problems. And if you're going to bring in a new president and CEO, there's no guarantee that they're going to be any better at hiring general managers than the guy that you have. And you do know that Ted has done a really good job, or at least as far as we can tell, a solid job on the business side of the organization. So I guess I don't see this massive benefit from firing him. Maybe there's not a huge risk to firing him either, and you want to make change and you want to try and change the organization in that way, shape, or form, but it doesn't feel like you know, the business side needs a culture change or anything like that. And you can change any kind of football culture that you want with a new general manager and a new head coach. So I guess I just struggled to see a little bit of the greater benefit of firing Ted Phillips, especially when we we seem to have very little direct understanding of what exactly he does and what his influence is on the day-to-day operations of the football team, other than just being in charge and understanding that he is the general manager's boss and the head coach's boss, and he has been involved in picking those two roles and has done a poor job of picking those two roles. But what percentage of that blame belongs to him, belongs to George McCaskey, belongs to Ernie Accorsi in the GM search, and in, in terms of the head coaching search, belongs to Ryan Pace and previously Jerry Angelo when it came to Mark Tressman and then John Fox and now Matt Nagy and everything that has gone wrong. It, it seems a little bit too convenient to just say, I throw Ted Phillips in there with them without more evidence of what kind of direct impact that would make on improving the football production and output of this organization. I really don't have strong feelings either way about Ted Phillips. And I'm trying to make sure that's very clear here. If the Bears fire him, I get it. If they don't fire him, I get it too. I don't feel like we have enough evidence to have really strong feelings either way about just how good or bad for this organization Ted Phillips actually is. Trying to be logical about it. If there's something here that I'm missing in terms of some kind of evidence of why Phillips is negatively impacting this organization in a greater way than I realize, by all means, 
send it to me. And we'll talk about it right here on the podcast. I mean, on Twitter, at Lockdown Bears, Facebook, Lockdown Bears page. We have the Lockdown Bears group. We can talk about it. Email LockdownBears at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Cox Sports One. I mean, plenty of ways to get a hold of the podcast if you think I'm just really missing something here about Phillips. But I feel like, to me, it tends to be a little bit more mystery and not a lot of like concrete evidence in any direction as far as what he does and what he has done and how he has influenced this team and it's more so a little bit of a scapegoating and a little bit of a a frustration that you just want to get rid of everybody because you're just sick of everything happening the same way and why keep doing things the same way if they haven't been working and I get that 100% but either way no matter what they do with Ted sure feels likely that Matt Nagy's on his way out, and Ryan Pace will be too. The question is going to be when they make that change. And this hasn't been an organization that fires a coach during the season, but is there an advantage to doing that at this point, given the state of the NFL in 2020? Or should they just wait till the end of the year like normal and kind of carry on business as usual? We'll explore some of the different dynamics that go into the timing of when to fire a coach and general manager and what some of the other teams in the NFL are doing at this point next on Locked On Bears. I'm one of the seemingly few Americans that doesn't drink coffee, but like everybody, I need a little caffeine every once in a while to kind of break through my wall when you feel kind of sluggish in the middle of the afternoon, and I'm so glad The same folks that make the delicious Built Bars have come out with a new energy gel called Built Go. It's the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy isn't fake. It's lasting and natural because Built Go is loaded up with beta alanine, vitamin B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Plus, with 17 grams of collagen protein, It gets into your system fast, it's easy on the stomach, and it helps you feel full longer. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. I've had all three. You can't go wrong with any of them, but I'll tell you what, if you mix them in with your protein shake, it just adds that little something extra to it to get you through the rest of your day. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. The Chicago Bears simply don't fire coaches during a season. Uh, You know, in my lifetime, they haven't done it. I don't know, going back into decades before my birth, if that was ever an organizational decision, but... They've been through five or six of them since I've been alive, and they have always waited to the end of the season, even after some pretty abysmal performances by these coaching staffs. And so there's no reason to expect them to fire Matt Nagy at any point before the Week 17 slate of games are done. But it's worth exploring whether that might be a good idea in a season where You're already seeing head coaches fired from other teams. You're seeing general managers fired from other teams. And there's always only so many quality candidates to fill all of those roles. And so I get the temptation, the excitement, the fear of missing out. The idea of like, well, we got to be ready as an organization 
to move on and make sure we get our guys and get the best possible guys before potentially losing them to other opportunities. And there are still other opportunities that have not opened yet either. I mean, we're expecting the New York Jets, among other teams, to potentially clean house a little bit of their organization. And, of course, you know, Jacksonville's already made their GM change and might do something with the head coaching role as well. I mean, there's a lot of different spots around the league, you know, the Los Angeles Chargers as well. There are going to be a lot of openings, and there are only going to be so many really good options. I mean, every year at every coaching cycle, there's only usually one or two that pan out pretty well, and everybody else tends to kind of cycle back through. So I get then why, yeah, if you feel like you're going to fire Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace at the end of the season anyway, that this Packers and Lions loss really kind of sold you on it, get them out of here and start getting ready for their replacements. Start making sure that you are ready to roll and ready to explore all options and every avenue before other teams start doing the same thing. But I don't necessarily know how much you can actually work ahead, or at least how much more you can work ahead after firing your guys that you couldn't maybe just do behind the scenes before you fire those guys. Because you're not going to really start interviewing head coaching candidates before the regular season is done. I mean, teams don't let their coordinators and coaches go do those during the regular season. They don't even let them do them in the playoffs at all times. And even if you want a coach from a playoff team, you may have to wait until they are eliminated or the the bye week before the Super Bowl, things like that, depending on how long those coaches go. So there can always be a little bit of a wait time for head coaches. And I don't know the full schedule for general manager interviews, but I have to imagine it's kind of the same thing. If you're trying to grab a, a you know, director of player personnel from some organization, that person's not going to do that interview before the regular season is done. So, you know, maybe could you interview guys who are currently free agents, you know, coaches who aren't coaching right now, executives who aren't executiving, <laughs> who aren't general managing, who aren't working for an organization, at this point, yeah, I mean, maybe. You talk about Rick Smith with the Houston Texans. You could check in, the former Houston Texans GM. You know, you could check in with him, but are you going to do an actual interview with him before the season is over? And and what do you gain out of these next, really, what is it, four weeks before the season ends? What can you do between now and, you know, what is it going to be? January 4th will be, quote-unquote, Black Monday in the NFL. How much farther can you get between now and then as opposed to, waiting till then to actually fire your coach. Because I would imagine if it's going to be Ted Phillips and George McCaskey, again, making these decisions to replace Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy, they'll likely look to somebody outside of the organization to help them like they did with Ernie Accorsi last time. And so you can be having those conversations now. You don't want to have them become public, but you can start consulting with who you want to consult with and say, hey, we're probably going to make a change and we'd like your help in picking the next guy. Because, you know, Ernie Accorsi, for example, I don't think he's doing much in terms of uh, day-to-day football business. He's just kind of hanging around being a consultant and, you know, he's helped with the Cardinals and the Giants and, of course, the Bears and the Panthers before that, the Lions, I think, as well. I mean, he's done a lot of these different things. But those types of guys are available now and they're available in January. And you can have all those conversations with them now and you just don't really make it public and don't make it known up to this point. So 
to me, uh, the advantage of firing your coach or general manager early would be to see what you might be able to have in their interim replacements. And when it comes to Matt Nagy and this Bears coaching staff, pretty much your only option is Chuck Pagano, right? I mean, Bill Lazor has never been a head coach and has been a coordinator, but he's 48 years old and hasn't been around the NFL that long. He's not ready to be a head coach for another team. You're not really auditioning him for that role. And the special teams coordinator, uh, Chris Tabor, pretty much about the same age, about the same amount of experience. He's been a special teams coordinator here and there, but not ready to be a head coach by any means. And then from there, you're looking at other position coaches. You know, John Filippo got some head coaching interviews, but are you going to promote your quarterback's coach to interim head coach over everybody else on your staff? I mean, for me, it's just Chuck Pagano as interim head coach. And after the last two games of defensive failures, plenty of Bears fans are ready to fire Chuck Pagano too. And I don't blame him. I mean, I agree. I mean, he's not been, he, he inherited a really good Bears defense and hasn't done a lot to make it better up to this point. So I don't know, what do you gain from having Chuck Pagano as your interim head coach? Because I don't know that he's a real option for you as a future head coach to replace Matt Nagy. So I don't think you get much from that. Maybe if you fire Ryan Pace, you could audition some of his uh, subordinates, you know, like Champ Kelly, the Bears assistant director of player personnel, has been a name that's been floated out as a GM candidate for other teams before. Josh Lucas as well in the Bears front office. He is their director of player personnel. But how much do you learn about them as interim general manager that you haven't already learned about them as director of player personnel or assistant or, you know, the current role that they're in? How much different is the GM role for them that all of a sudden you're going to learn all this new stuff about them that you wouldn't have already known anyway? And you may just want to hire somebody outside of the organization to have some real change when you talk about, quote unquote, cleaning house. So at this point, I'm not really sure what the advantage is if any, to firing the head coach and general manager now, other than just, well, they've always done it the other way, so let's do something different this time. I think there is some advantage to keeping them just in the sense that it shows stability and it shows your next coach and GM that, hey, we are not going to just fire you willy-nilly in the middle of a season unless, I mean, if you really do something to screw up and embarrass the team, I mean, there's probably exceptions, but, you know, the Bears aren't technically eliminated from the playoffs yet, and I think... It does send a bad message if you fire the head coach and GM before you're officially eliminated from the playoffs that there's like a 6% chance or whatever. It's it's possible. No one thinks it's going to happen. Uh, it's highly, highly unlikely. But technically speaking, the probabilities say it is possible for the Bears to still make the playoffs and for Matt Nagy to, in theory, maybe potentially somehow save his job. It's not going to happen, but it sends a bad message if you fire him before he ultimately is eliminated in that regard. So being able to at least show some of that stability and show that, hey, ownership is going to give you every opportunity to succeed before they fire you and move on from you, I think at least sends the right message to your future coach and general manager that, hey, this is a place you want to work and a place where you're going to have a fair shot and where you're going to be put in a position to really show what you can do all the way to the very end. It's not very rewarding or, you know, calming any of those frustrations to have the coach and GM see through to the end of the season. But I think that's what we're on track for anyway, as much as you might hope elsewhere. So hopefully then you may understand a little bit more, or at least be able to justify and live with what's likely going to be the continued status quo and operation 
of this Bears organization when it comes to not firing coaches and GMs before the end of the regular season. So that's kind of what we have to look forward to over these last four weeks. But we're still going to find plenty we can take away from these games and add some meaning to these Final Four contests, even if the Bears are eliminated from the playoffs with another loss. So I hope you will subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast and tune in five days a week for all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. On tomorrow's podcast, we're going to take a closer look at the All-22 Coaches film from the loss to the Lions, try and get a closer evaluation of this Bears offensive line and some of the young up-and-coming players on the interior there. We'll look to see if we can identify any specific progress in Mitch Trubisky or Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney or any of the other offensive players. We'll try and figure out a little bit more of what went wrong for this Bears defense and how they gave up 34 points to Matthew Stafford and company. A lot we can still learn from the coaches' tape. Then Thursday is crossover Thursday with our friends from Locked On Texans to help get us the local expertise on the Bears' next opponent. And on Friday, we'll try and put together a game plan to finally end this Bears losing streak and get a win against another team that's already fired its head coach. Your time is coming. There is hope for the future of the Chicago Bears organization. And that's as good a reason as any to bear down.